Hey, this is Thomas Thornton. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today we will talk about my upcoming course for entrepreneurs. And the reason I've created this course is because 49% of founders have reported mental illnesses, such as bipolar, depression, anxiety, attention deficit disorder, all kinds of disorders that relate to stress and the intense pressure, but also it's connected to the way founders think and how they operate. Their brain operates in a slightly different ways than regular people. Let's say regular people, I mean by regular people, um, employees, who choose either consciously or unconsciously to stay in a secure or perceived as secure relationship with a steady paycheck. And that stability is a good trade-off when you look at how much money you can generate because most entrepreneurs actually lose money the first couple of years and when you look at all founders and the income generated by founders it's that they make less money than employees do so if your reason for becoming an entrepreneur is to make lots of money when you look at the data and the probability so what's the difference between possibility and probability? Possibility means, yes, it is possible, it can happen, that you become a multi-billionaire. Probability is how likely is this possibility to occur. So it is possible for somebody to become a multi-billionaire, but the chances of them becoming a multi-billionaire are quite low. So even though employees... Um, make more money when you look all the data for those few entrepreneurs who actually make it through the first couple of years that's when they um, make so much money that they receive public attention and those are the entrepreneurs we hear about we don't hear about the uh, entrepreneurs who are struggling and some of them are uh, living in their car some of them are late on paying the bills being an entrepreneur or founder is a different word for being unemployed. So you don't want to be a founder. You don't want to be an entrepreneur. You want to be a successful founder. You want to be a successful entrepreneur. Which leads us to the definition of success. This is something I can't define for you. Um, I've heard one definition that I like right now. It is getting what you want and wanting what you have. And I also phrase success that it is getting everything you need. But it's not enough. I want everything I want and I need. But when you look at the bigger picture, when you expand your consciousness to the point where you are able to connect the dots, not just in hindsight, you can able, you're able to connect the dots right now, you can see... Why not getting what you need right now can be the best thing that ever happened to you. And this is something that is really difficult to perceive from our conscious, uh, with our current state of awareness. Because we are humans, we have limited awareness. And the way we work is that all we see is all there is. That's what we think. Uh, Daniel Kahneman talks about it in his book, Thinking Fast and Slow. That's literally how psychology works. We only believe in things we see. 
Some of us believe in things that they experience, even though they can't see with their visual sense, right? Some of us believe in things or know that things exist that they are not capable of comprehending. And then there are people who only believe in things where there is scientific proof. Um, and I get it. The downside is that science works based on measurable and repeatable processes that lead to the same results every time you, you run the process. And these processes are approved by scientific community. And the scientific community are scientists who get grants from large corporations to fund the research. So if you believe in science, um, you might not know how science actually works. So if you believe in a pure science, right? Let's say pure capitalism is a great thing, but it has been corrupted and tweaked and there are players who are playing unfair without getting punished for it. The same thing happens with science. Um, research that doesn't support the agenda of the corporations granting lots of research funding doesn't get published. So you can see how us trusting in a process that we don't understand and the process is the scientific process many of us don't understand the scientific process and many of us don't understand how scientific journals work um, it's almost like with corporations recruiters right recruiters only let certain people into the company they don't let people in who are outliers and most of the entrepreneurs are outliers they let people in who are in a certain spectrum. So, with scientific papers, it's a similar thing, right? You have anti-level recruiters in corporations, and then you have anti-level researchers. And some of them are not able to detect. Uh, I mean, most of all, they, they get paid very little money. But some of them are not able to detect breakthrough, groundbreaking scientific discoveries. And then if they're able to detect it, risking their neck... Because it's a huge risk if you publish something that goes against mainstream understanding. So many of them are not willing to put in the effort of convincing other people how to do it. So if you recently graduated from college or university and you entered the workforce and you're disillusioned by how what's really going on, right? Maybe you are uh, a, a, a neuroscientist or you are um, a medical doctor looking to find a cure for cancer and then you start working in these corporations and you find out oh okay it's not what I thought it would be I mean there are reasons for that so follow the money it's definitely a good thing don't be naive um, it's almost like follow the money means see if people put the money where their mouth is it means that don't trust people's words trust their actions and it's difficult to trust somebody to publish objectively or let's say as objective as humans can act it's difficult to trust that person if the trust if that person has a financial interest a conflict of interest if that person would financially benefit from suppressing information. That's that's just naive. If you trust a person who would 
benefit from suppressing information to release that information, then that's naive. So what you can do is what we do anytime we book a flight, right? We seek the best option. We need to do the same thing with scientific knowledge. Don't just take what people say in school, take it and then go further. In this day and age, it's 2020, information has been at our fingertips for, I don't know how many years, but decades, 20, 30 years, maybe longer if you were in certain circles. So there's, there's no excuse not to do the research. There is an excuse, and that comes to discerning what information is true and what information is not true. And that's what I teach. I teach discernment. Because anytime you want to spread misinformation, you always have to give people a little bit of truth so they trust you, and then you put in some lies. And they're going to eat that. They're going to eat the lies without question because you said something that's true at the beginning. It's a very good marketing and sales technique. It's a good manipulation technique. But it's not always, it doesn't always have bad intentions, right? Sometimes people we just don't know or we... Um, like the Dan and Kruger effect, we overestimate our knowledge and we actually underestimate how much knowledge is out there. So actually, the more you know, the more you know that you don't know. So usually it's people at the beginning of their careers who think they know it all and then they get humbled or they figure out there's so much out there. It's unbelievable. So it's your responsibility to seek the information and how do you know if it's true or not? So there are certain decision-making criteria. There are certain tools you can use. Um, Daniel Kamen talks about the system one, system two, thinking fast and slow, right? When you know right away intuitively what's right. And that that is prone, prone to, um, like every tool you use is, is suitable depending on the task. Um, in school, they teach us analytical thinking. Or if you're like me, I studied business administration. It's very analytical. And or with job interviews, right? Let's say you are interviewing to be a product manager. And then they ask you how many tennis balls fit in a bus or something like that. And then it's not about the outcome. It's not about the result. It's about the process, how you get there. So that process, how you got there, that's more important than the result. And that's because they want to see the, the way you think. But what if the way you think leads to the wrong results? Then that's not the right tool you want to use for that, for that um, estimation. You want to use a different tool. So today I'm going to tell you what tool you can use. Susan Schwartz, who had a... I think it's the number two most viral TED talk ever. She had a stroke. So the left side of her brain was disabled. The left side is our, and she explains it as the serial processor. And the right brain half is, is the parallel processor. So the serial processor is where um, analytical thinking happens. And the right brain half, the parallel processor, uh, is where... Uh, intuition happens. I'm here to tell you there's another processor. It's actually more than a processor. It's a, it's a quantum computer. 
And that's, that's your heart. There's a lot of heart science there that indicates that the heart sends more signals to the brain than the brain sends to the heart. And there have been reported cases of um, people receiving a heart transplant and then having access to the memories of the deceased person. I mean, that's crazy. That contradicts everything we know or everything we think about the human body. So what if the human body is not like um, a car with different parts, right? What if our human body is more like an energetic system where different body parts can take over different functions depending how you train it? And what if biohacking is a user manual to get optimal performance out of your body? So I know this is going to be a stretch for some and you can look up the science, right? Just type in heart science or does the heart send more signals to the brain than the brain to the heart? Then you can find that the brain is actually, the heart is 60 times more powerful magnetically than the brain and is also more powerful electrically. And then some of you have um, heard that we only use 20% of our brain capacity. And I'm thinking, how can I access the rest of uh, the 80%? And I want to access 100% of my brain capacity. And then in quantum mechanics, we've heard that what we perceive to be empty space is actually not empty. It's filled. It's full. We just can't perceive it. So what we perceive, what we can see and touch and sense and feel and smell matter is only 0.0000001% of what's actually happening here in the universe. So 99.999999% is energy. So how do you explain that scientists have proven math uh, mathematically and also through um, experiments, right? Um, for example, the double slit experiment when you um, send light through two slits and you don't observe it. You don't know which slit it goes through. So without observation, this light be behaves like a wave. There are interference patterns. And you can see it on the, on, 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 on the plate where the photons um, hit after sending them through a double slit. You see uh, multiple patterns, like a wave pattern. But as soon as you put a measuring device where you want to see through which slit does the photon go, you only see two patterns at the wall where the light hits. That means through observation, we collapse the wave function <laughs> and the light, instead of behaving like a wave of infinite possibilities, behaves like a particle. So our pure observation has an impact on photons. And this study has been, um, there are several variations of this study, but this is the most basic one. So you have to think, and John Archibald Wheeler um, is a great physicist. He says that we live in a participatory universe. As soon as you think you've um, 
we've we've discovered the end of the universe and if we, we build a more powerful telescope we can see further so it's almost like our observation is creating reality so you have to you have to look at the data you have to look at the facts and it's instead of saying i reject these findings i reject these experiences because it doesn't fit my belief system how about flipping it how about wait a second I can I can see the ship disappearing on the horizon and then what if the earth is not flat what if the earth is actually round that's way easier fitting new data and new information in a in a belief system that works instead of trying to negate things and attacking people who are um, able to be more flexible with that paradigm so guys history is repeating itself history is repeating itself and there's much more than we um, can perceive I mean we know that radioactivity exists we can sense it with measuring devices even though most of us can sense it with the body I mean I can't I'm maybe there's somebody who can and then are people else who are more sensitive to energy people who feel drained people who feel tired people who feel overwhelmed loud noises, loud people, we just feel drained. So if you have tried a couple of things, right, you've tried to take medication, you've done um, cognitive behavioral therapy, right, these things work on levels that are, uh, no offense to any professionals out there, um, this is, these, these are helpful tools, but it's not a silver bullet. You have to approach a problem from all different angles to get multiple perspectives so you can understand and tackle the problem. Like a mechanic, the car, right? If you tell a mechanic what's wrong with the car, he's not just going to look at where you say the symptoms was. He's going he's gonna to diagnose, maybe take a look around and see what's going on, ask you different questions, right? You go to the doctor... Or, or a healer, they, they're going to take a look from different angles to see what's going on. You also need to take a look from different angles. And the reason you're resisting taking a look from different angles is because there's a part of you that's afraid to change its paradigm. And here's why. Not all parts of you are aligned. Some There's a part of you that wants to be successful and there's a part of you that is afraid of success, that wants to be where it is right now. It's about self-preservation. The ego is all about self-preservation and most living beings are all about self-preservation. So if you've built an identity around being sick or if being at, uh, built an identity of, of being that person uh, that has a specific issue, and with all my love, I know, based on hundreds of clients I've worked with, but also based on my own experience, it's not easy letting go of that identity. It's the ego attachment. That's one of many reasons, but that's the main reason that's in your influence, why it's so difficult to change your paradigm. Because change your paradigm means that that part of you that used to think, used to know, used to think it knows what is truth, it's going to be confused. 
because it's not going to hold it's not going to have that identity anymore if you're open to looking at things from different perspectives so what can you do you can go and you can explore and bring awareness to your unconscious so I'm, it's not really important what's the difference between superconscious, subconscious, and unconscious. For this conversation here, it's just important to be aware what's the difference between conscious and unconscious. Unconscious is anything we're not aware of right now. It can be our blind spots, but it also can be stuff that we suppress because we don't want to deal with it. So it's almost like your addict or your basement or your self-storage space. You don't want to deal with it, so you put it in a box. And you put this box in the storage, and it's going to stay there for 5 years, 10 years. Some of you know what I'm talking about. right? If you don't use this thing in 1 or 2 years, why not get rid of it? Because you're attached to it. And that's okay for certain things. But it comes to the cost. Look at your computer, uh, the memory, right? RAM, random access memory. It needs to be cleared once in a while, otherwise your system is full of information and your computer needs so much processing power that it's really slowing it down. So if you want to take on new tasks, and you're already busy handling and juggling and processing so much of the old information, you're going to have a disadvantage. What you want to do is want to release the old information out of your memory so you can use all the processing power, all your capacity to deal with the new task. And you're going to be way faster. So I'm talking about optimizing your software. Optimizing a software system and as I mentioned, my explanation, my um, definition of biohacking is biohacking is a user manual for our body, our body and mind. And it's nothing new. It's just that it's a new, um, you know, new flavor. And we've involved more technology now. Um, or so we think. <laughs> we definitely um, in included more technology now. Um, but for any people, anybody who who works with ancient traditions or um, Eastern or, yeah, let's say Eastern medicine, Eastern philosophy, let's say Kundalini or quantum healing, they, this is also told, um, called technology. And this is something we, we'll get into later. But I'm, I've been hinting that we might live in a simulated reality at least Elon Musk thinks so. I think so too. It doesn't really matter what I think. What matters is what is your purpose? What are you trying to achieve? What's your purpose today? What's your purpose tomorrow? What's your purpose this year? What's your purpose next 10 years? What's your purpose here on earth? And then what's beneficial for you to be aligned with your purpose? So I'm not, I didn't say achieve your purpose. You can achieve goals, but your purpose, you align with it. So all your actions, right? So if my purpose right now is to be healthy, if I go out there and eat some French fries, 
this is action that's not in alignment with it. If my purpose is to be more loving and kind and remember names better and get six hours of work done in 30 minutes, then anything that's in alignment with that purpose is going to help me be the best version of myself. And that's what it, this course is all about. It's about aligning your decision-making with who you are. And one of the fastest ways to do that, and one of the simplest ways to do that, and I've worked with hundreds of clients, maybe thousands, but let's say a hundred, I, I don't know, um, because not all of them are one-on-one, and not, not all of them are a group where I'm present. Some of them are also watching videos, um, and I don't always get the feedback how these videos have impacted them so I'm just gonna say a hundred of hundred of clients where I received feedback so back to Susan Schwartz left brain half is your serial processor right brain half is your parallel processor and I'm saying your heart is your quantum computer if you really want to understand how the universe works you want to use the most suitable tools the left brain half is not a suitable tool. Here's why. It can be conditioned. It can be programmed very easily. And we make a lot of mistakes the way we think. Right? Uh, for example, um, we have a herd mentality, almost like cattle. We do what our neighbors do. We do what our competitors do. We do what our friends do. We do what other people do. And there's an ha a halo effect, right? We think that beautiful people and tall people are more successful and nicer. So we know of, of these psychological things and we just need to be aware that this is how the human psyche works. And if that doesn't lead to correct outcomes, it's not the right tool to use it. Then intuition, right? Or right brain half. Let's say that's this is where feelings happen, right? So feelings are also something that's you can't trust your emotions because it's not something that's lasting, right? Emotions can change within a second. Somebody triggers you and then that reminds you of a painful memory where you still have a strong emotional charge through something that happened in your childhood and you might snap, right? And then you think that that person is making you feel bad when in, when in fact nobody can make you feel bad. It's what gets triggered in you that causes that chemical reaction in your body that causes the emotions, right? But from another perspective, what if you've decided to become angry and then you're just looking for a logical reason to become angry and then somebody comes around and they just say something and you have the opportunity to snap at them. Are you self-aware enough to know that you weren't already boiling and it didn't take much to set you off? Or how can somebody else have so much power over you if they trigger you? So what you want to do is you want to be the observer, not of just 
what's going on consciously but also of your unconscious process and that takes a deep 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 meditation uh, that takes years of practice for most but throughout the throughout the last two years I've been researching a lot and I've um, learned several healing modalities and it turns out that I can give people access to their unconscious Again, this is technically not correct. It's just a perception. I don't give you access to anything. What I do is hold space. I hold space. Literally, I'm holding the space. And this space allows you to observe everything about you, everything about yourself, without attachment, without rejection, and without fear. Let me say this again. You are able to observe your current life situation, your unconscious patterns, without fear, without judgment, and without rejection. That's what holding space is. There's nothing you can do that would make me love you less. There's nothing you can do that would make me love you less. This holding space is what allows you to become the observer. It's really powerful in therapies or if you have a friend who doesn't offer you advice right, or solutions. That's the most annoying thing. And if you're doing this, if somebody comes to you for help and they just want somebody to talk to, they just want to be heard, bite your tongue if you're trying to offer solutions. Just be there and just let them be who they are without offering any guidance or solutions unless they ask you for it. But just being present and doing nothing. That's the most difficult thing for many people, doing nothing. Because you're always prompt to do something, which is another illusion. Right? We think the more we do, the more powerful it's going to be. That's true for certain physical labor, manual labor. Um, that's true for certain aspects. Um, it's not true for everything. Right? Sure, sometimes you just need to gather data and crunch um, your spreadsheets and stuff and get a lot of work done. But you're an entrepreneur, so you have the liberty to live and work in a way that's most effective and most beneficial. You don't have to follow a, a path that's not working for you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here with me. If you found anything that's working for you, you've already had your worldly success, maybe you still seek my help because maybe you're not happy, maybe you're not fulfilled. But usually... You come here because you're not where you want to be. And there's something inside of you that knows deeply, deeply how powerful and how great and how amazing you are. And for some reason, all the affirmations, all the meditation, all, all the personal growth workshops, they didn't go deep enough. And I felt the same way. So let's go deep. Before we do that, safety is really important. How do you know that you can trust me? How do you know that I am able to hold space for you? 
coming back to your serial processor, your left brain half, your parallel processor, your right brain half, and then your heart, your quantum computer. And I talked about gathering the data. Look at the data. So now, make sure you're in a quiet space because we're going to do an exercise where you will gather data. And it's going to be a simple yes-no question. So we're going to calibrate your body. You're going to see how your body responds. Um, it's a technique called muscle testing, but we're going to do it without the muscles because muscle testing, doing it on yourself, is really difficult. I want you just to observe and experience what changes inside your, your body. I'm not going to tell you what changes. It's different for everybody. And the reason I ask you to be in a quiet space is because it's, there's so much information. You're constantly being bombarded with information. And this universe is based on information in the form of vibration, energy, and also emotion, and lots of other stuff. But it's really simple of looking at it as, as information. So, if you're super skilled and you're a super yogi, you've been meditating for decades, sure, you can do this exercise in a loud spot while driving, listening to music and having a conversation with somebody. But if not, under no circumstances be driving. Close your eyes. Take some deep breaths right now. Breathe in through your nose. And breathe out through your mouth. Really do it right now. It doesn't work if you just listen to it. You have to do it. Right? Another breath. Deep breath in through your nose. And out through your mouth. One more time. Deep breath through your nose. And out through your mouth. You really have to do it right now. Because if I tell you what to eat and what exercises to do for, for having a six-pack, and you're like, oh, I know, I understand. Where's your six-pack? You're not going to get a six-pack. You have to do the exercise. You have to eat the food, and then you have to do the crunches or the exercises to get a six-pack. Same here. You have to take deep breaths. Breathe out. This is a way of clearing stuff in your body so you have more pure and undistorted access to the information. So here's the statement. Repeat the statement in your mind and see how your body responds. Here's the statement. I am in a male body. I am in a male body. Notice how your body responds. Don't think, just notice. And now the control statement. I am in a female body. I am in a female body. You notice the difference? For me, when I said I'm in a male body, because I'm a man, I felt expansion. So that's my signal that is this is true. When I said I am in a female body, I felt contraction. So for me, I know if my body expands, this is true. And if my body contracts, uh, this is not true. For some of my students, it feels like when they... Um, I mean, she's a woman, so for her, when she said she's a man, it felt low. And when she said she's a woman, it felt high. Um, or another student mentioned that if something's true to her, it feels light. And if something is not true, it feels heavy. So obviously, if you transgender, I don't know, then maybe um, use a different example. Because you might get... You want to use an example where... It's very clear, yes or no. 
right? If you use an example to calibrate your body um, and both answers are yes, you're not going to feel the difference. So the exercise is based on, um, you can also use, is it, is, it, is it sunny in my city right now? Or is it daytime in my city right now? Is it nighttime in my city right now? And then you feel the difference. So, when it comes to holding space and becoming the observer, where you look at your body without attachment, without judgment, and without rejection, and then you look at um, your shadow aspects, right? Those things about you, uh, yourself that you don't like that much, right? And again, there's pattern rate recognition there. Um, if there's something that's pissing you off or triggering you and you see it in other people, it's an indicator that this is something that you're rejecting in, in yourself. So you want to pay attention to that. So for you to go and to explore that part of yourself that you're rejecting, you need to feel safe. Because only if you feel safe, you're going to be able to be vulnerable, to open up, and to let that information be processed. Because you can look at information like this. You can look at, let's say, um, we came to this earth because we wanted to have human experiences. And these human experiences, they come to us. So it's almost like, um, I'm going to simplify it. Every day, you, every day you're going to get a DVD. Because that's, that's what you sign up for. You sign up for 10 years of friends. And then every day you get a DVD. I know, it's a stupid example, but just bear with me. People will reject who they are or who have the, um, parts of themselves they don't like are like people who are getting these DVDs but not watching them. They just put them to the side. So what happens is that these DVDs start stacking up, stacking up, stacking up to a point where your entire living room is full of these DVDs. It's like your, your memory, if you um, use the analogy for, with a computer, it's... it's it's clogged. It's, it, there's too much. So, the way emotion works or, or trauma works is it wants to be acknowledged. And as soon as you acknowledge it, as soon as you acknowledge it, it's going to go away. Um, since the um, United States Post Service just stopped by, it's almost like um, if you want to use another analogy. Um, in addition to the DVD analogy, right? So the postman is like a delivery um, guy for the, he's the messenger, he's not the message. So he's gonna come to your door every day, knock on the door and trying to deliver the message. If you keep ignoring him, he will keep coming back. Maybe knock on the door louder. So that's how the universe works. The universe is trying to deliver you messages. Again, based on your paradigm, just accept whatever you want to accept, but still um, practice this thought experiment with me. Because talking about quantum mechanics and, and um, consciousness is not really possible without borrowing analogies. And it's also not possible if you're holding on to your current belief. So you can always come back to your current belief state, but I mean, there's a part of you who's here because you want to change something. 
you don't you want the outcome right if you want the outcome without changing it's going to be tough but if you want the outcome and you're open to change in your highest good because after doing the um, calibration you know that okay if your body expands or if, if it feels light or if it feels high or whatever um, how your body responds to a true statement that's what you want to do and that's why you make decisions based on love and that's a aligned decision making. If you make decisions based on fear, uh, based on fears, because somebody's pressuring you and you know you, somebody's guilting you into something, these are decisions made based on fear. Most of us make decisions based on fear because that's our autopilot, because we're still primal creatures. We are divine creatures, but also we are primates. We are both actually. So our animal instinct is about self-preservation, and it's about paying attention to fear. Um, that's not a long-term decision-making process that's in your highest good. That's going to be good for short-term danger. If you want to make decisions, if you want to choose the right spouse, uh, the right business partner, um, or making these tough business decisions, you want to make these decisions coming from a place of love. You want to be aligned with what's true to you. You don't want to make these decisions based on fear because we know we make stupid mistakes when we are afraid. Fear makes us act fast, but it also makes us stupid. So you came here because you want the outcome. The outcomes are making decisions that are aligned with who you are. Because that leads to happiness, that leads to fulfillment, and that also leads to financial abundance. Making decisions based on fear is very short-lived. If you want to continue like that, I'm not the right guy for you. If you're open to changing, because you really want the outcome, and you've tried so many other things, then I'm the guy for you. Because I had a lot of things I had to overcome, overcome um, be it mental illness, bipolar, two disorder, be it divorce, be it being laid off, fired, um, all that at the same time. Um, there's no need to hit rock bottom, but if that's what you need in order to be open to trying things in a different way, then you're going to be like me. I'm very stubborn. Um, not anymore because I'm like, okay, uh, the messenger knocked on my door once or twice. I don't want him to come back tomorrow to knock down my door because that's how the universe works. It will get your attention. If you keep ignoring it, it will get your attention. And it's going to hurt. Because pain, again, that gets our attention real fast, right? So, using this muscle test by just tuning into a body, what is right and what is true to you, is a powerful tool you can use every day. So it needs to be cultivated in practice. So do it right now. Make the statement... Working with Thomas will provide the best outcomes for me. Control statement. Not working with Thomas will provide the best outcomes for me. How does your body respond? Here you go.
You need to trust your love and not your fear. You just learned a powerful additional decision-making tool to all the other tools you have, and you can use it. It's like an instrument gauge, an instrument panel in your car. Um, it tells you if you're still on, on track. It's almost like a compass. So you have your other tools, right? You, you know how much um, fuel is in the tank. You know how fast you're going. You know what gear you are in. You know um, how many... Um, you know all the other stuff. What you really need to know is, are you driving in the right direction? That's what you really need to know. Because all the other stuff doesn't matter if you don't know if you're driving in the right direction. If you're afraid and you do things, you're driving as fast as you can and you're like being super efficient, driving in the wrong direction. <laughs> I mean, stop. Take a break. Turn around, figure out where you want to go, figure out who you are, and then go in the right direction. And you're always going to need to course correct, because it's like a boat on the ocean. There are going to be currents. You don't want to go against the current necessarily. You're going to use up a lot of energy, you're gonna, right? But you don't want to go with the current for too long. Because otherwise, you're not going to get to your destination. So what you do, you, you always constantly course correct. Or airplanes, right? If they're on autopilot, they're always course correcting because there's, there's always a current. So you constantly need to be course correcting. And I encourage you to not only course correct once a month for once a year, do it once a week and then once a day and then once an hour. Just checking in. It's so simple. It's going to take you five seconds. Is this in my highest good? If you get a yes, continue the conversation. If you get a no, find a friendly out. For those people who are sensitive to energy, uh, what, it, what do I mean sensitive to energy? It means that other people impact you more than, than most people. It can be that uh, a noisy office environment is sometimes overstimulating for you. So... Depending on where you're at right now and depending on what you're trying to accomplish, it can be very beneficial being in a stimulated environment. It can also be to your detriment to be in that stimulating environment. So there's no 100% fixed solution for everything. There is no diet that works for everybody. There's no workout routine that works for everybody. There are no success principles. I mean, there are success principles, um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I think that's one of the best books you can read. But techniques are something that are not lasting. So you want to learn the principles. You want to learn the principles of how the universe works. You want to learn the principles of how energy works. Because... It will be super illogical, illogical. It would not be logical to focus all your effort on 0.00001%. Focus your effort on the 99.99999%. That's insane. That's a huge paradigm shift. The Pareto... 
um, effect, right? 20% of our actions result in 80% of results. So you want to know what the 20% of your actions are. You want to tap into your full potential, your entire brain capacity, and you want to find the blind spots before it hurts. You want to be proactive about that. You don't need to have a breakdown. You don't need to develop any kind of illness and try all medical professionals before you become open to the concept that there's energy. I mean, this is a scientific fact. And go online and research it. I even have a couple of um, articles on my website. But don't waste too much time trying to figure out how your car works when when you're driving a race. You need to know where the brakes Where's my steering? What direction am I going? Where's the throttle? Don't wait and try to figure out everything, how it works, while other people already finished the race. You're not a mechanic. You're a race car driver. And you are are driving one of the most intense races you can drive. It's so competitive out there. It's so crazy out there. You don't have the luxury of having limited beliefs or childhood trauma or unprocessed, unresolved pain. You don't have that luxury. You can use that pain, you can use that energy to drive you. But it can only drive you so far. If you're doing things out of fear or because you want to show people how great you are or because you feel insignificant and then starting your company and making lots of money is going to make you feel better, Once you achieve that goal and reach that milestone, you're not going to be happy because you're not going to be fulfilled. So you can either wait a couple of years to know and to feel what it feels like or you can act now because you're proactive. Because there's something deep inside of you that knows I need to do something or at, at least I need to be aware to acknowledge what I'm doing that is creating those patterns. And the most effective way, and I also think the most efficient way of getting started is to look at patterns. Look at situations where you have been sabotaging yourself. Look at situations that keep coming up. Um, my example, for example, I'm very, I'm very direct. So if I work, or, uh, huh. yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't work with people who can't um, accept candor. Um, I became an entrepreneur, so <laughs> I can be more of who I am. Uh, but when I used to be an employee, I would have to soften things, right? Make it more, beat around the bush a little bit. Uh, and I really don't like it. it. It's a lot of waste of my energy. Just making sure somebody else's ego wasn't hurt. I wouldn't I wouldn't trigger something. I wouldn't come off as, as too harsh. But there are people who really appreciate me telling them the truth straight up with love. And that if I have permission, I will tell you the truth to my to the best of my abilities. And if you don't want to hear it, I'm not going to tell you. And the truth can sometimes hurt if it's not delivered in the right way. So there is, um, that's what I needed to learn, right? I have discernment when to say, when to tell the truth and when to keep my mouth shut because the client wasn't ready for it. So since this is a course, and not all of you are going to have one-on-one interaction with me, depending on what package you booked. Take what you like and leave what you don't like. 
But right now, I'm me saying this, I felt a contraction in my body. It didn't expand. Because if you only take what you like and you leave what you don't like, you're not going to have these results. So, if your body told you that working with me, Thomas Thornton, is in your highest good, then go for it and just give it a chance. If it doesn't work, you can always go back to the old you. Because reverting back is, is very simple. On our computers, it's very simple. You make changes and you can always revert, revert the document back. If it doesn't work. But if it works, there's going to be a new you that does things very differently. And based on the clients I've worked with so far, they've lived without depression after battling depression for years. So again, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not a medical professional. I don't claim to have a cure to anxiety or depression. But I have outcomes. I have results. And you can look them up on Google. Um, clients, their anxiety disappeared because we went to where we identified the real cause, the real cause for anxiety and depression and that specific person. It's a messenger. As soon as you get the message, the messenger disappears. As soon as you watch the DVD, you don't need the DVD anymore. So you have more space in your living room for new DVDs, for new movies. And maybe you are sick and tired of watching that specific movie. And you're like, okay, let me watch what I've ordered so far and let me order something else because I want to watch something else. These decisions are decisions you make every day unconsciously. And magic happens. Not magic, but it seems like magic to people who don't understand it, right? Like uh, somebody a couple of year, hundreds of years ago, they see a plane in the sky, they think it's magic. We know how aerodynamic works. We know how jet engines or propeller engines work. It's not magic, it's science. So is this. It's not magic. But if you don't understand quantum mechanics or quantum physics or how the universe works, you don't need to understand it in order to have the outcome. You don't need to know how to build a car in order to know how to drive it. You need to know how to maintain the car. You need to know how to fix stuff. You need to know how to take care of it before the damage gets worse. That's what you need to know. And then you can work with somebody who knows how to hold space so you can observe, you can get the message, you can get the lesson, and then you can release all that stored information, all the trauma, all the emotion, or everything that's triggering you. You can release that. So you will have the wisdom of whatever happened for you and you're not going to have the stuck energy in your body and you have a, you're going to have more energy flow through your body. It's almost like a chiropractor cracking your back and you can feel that release. You feel like, oh, yes, wow, this was really bothering me, but I was so used to it, I didn't even know. And then you feel rejuvenated. That's, that's how it feels like. Or you feel this crystal clear clarity where it's so clear what to do and how to do it. And you can take that information and you can use it to your advantage and to other people's advantage. You can use it in your business. But most of all, it's about being happy. 
What is all the success in the world, right? Getting what you want, wanting what you have, if you're not really fulfilled. What is all the admiration from other people for being success if you have sleepless nights and back pain? It's, it's not really enjoyable. So let's do both. Let's be happy and make lots of money. By aligning your decisions with who you are, by allowing decision-making based on love. Love is a high vibration. It's our natural state, bliss, joy. Because this leads to long-lasting happiness. When you do stuff based on fear, it doesn't work. And if it did work for you, you wouldn't be here. Thanks so much. Talk to you next time.